As the jingle goes, good things grow in Ontario. As it turns out, good things are made in Ontario too. Maybe you drove to work in an Ontario-made car today. When you stop to blow your nose, tis the season, right? You may have used a tissue made right here in Ontario. And as you sat in your office chair, hey, guess what? Eastern Ontario makes furniture too. From planes and trains to boats, from concrete to cables, and from cameras to screens, here's some of the stuff made and built in Eastern Ontario. Welcome to a very special edition of the Eastern Ontario Business Journal podcast, aren't they all? I'm your host, Phil Godreau. If you like this show, make sure to like and subscribe to be notified when new episodes are available. Today, we're doing a deeper dive on the stuff made and built in Eastern Ontario, hot on the heels of the recently released magazine. It's the fourth edition of Stuff. You can learn more about this year's edition at stuffmadeandbuilt.ca or watch for a copy near you. We've sent out thousands of copies to schools, employment centers, and participants in the magazine, and... You might even see a couple of articles written by yours truly. Just saying. If you're thinking, wow, jobs in manufacturing, kids need to hear about this, I have some good news for you. This year, we've produced a student activity guide that's also available at stuffmadeandbuilt.ca. Go check that out. So to talk about manufacturing today, we're welcoming on three guests. JP Giroux is president of the Excellence in Manufacturing Consortium, EMC. Hi, JP. Good morning, Phil. Patrick Tallon is president and CEO of Tolmar Safety Systems in beautiful Hawkesbury. Good to see you again, Pat. Hello, Phil. Good to see you. And finally, Daniel Liao joins us. He's Dean of Applied Science, Technology, and Trades at St. Lawrence College. Hello, Daniel. Hi, Phil. It's great to be here. Let's start with you, JP. Um, tell us a bit about what your organization does, and I want you to tell us what your favorite Made in Ontario product is. Excellent, Phil. I'll save the my favorite product for, for the last, but uh, EMC... Is, uh, was founded in, in Ontario uh, by uh, Owen Sound and Georgian Bay. And now we, we are across Canada operating where manufacturers are, about 60 different regions from, from coast to coast, and doing peer-to-peer -peer review, benchmarking, and solving problems, solving problems that uh, manufacturing are, are facing, uh, all aspects of problems from uh, production to, uh, to HR, and we'll be talking about HR, but engineering, uh, immigration is a big uh, conversation right now. So we, we're a membership-based uh, organization, industry-led, and uh, we also do programming. We have uh, a learning center that is very active and addressing solution on, on the skills gap. We have an energy program who are basically uh, regrouping a consortium of company to, uh, to do buying, a buying group. And as well, we do uh, health and safety programming. And we also do initiatives uh, addressing uh, different issues that manufacturing are facing from advanced manufacturing to labor shortages to skills gap. And on my, on my favorite um, uh product from uh ontario made yeah. I, I this would is always with... fun question to ask member-based organizations because it's like okay. asking well, you know what's your favorite you child go. right but here we go phil i have two answer for you one that is uh an impact for the province uh generating jobs and and wealth and it's focus on the, the transportation sector so i'll say plane trains and automobiles uh, that's, um, that's, I think, uh, the, the cornerstone of, of uh, Ontario economy. 
uh, from a parts perspective, from an assembly line perspective. But for for me uh, personally, I would say uh, the wine that we're producing uh, around Niagara Lake, uh, as well as uh, Pity Island. Um, I mean, winemakers are extremely dynamic uh, in Ontario, and they're selling their product all over the world. So here we go. All right. Marketing opportunity for any of our uh, listeners based in the Prince Edward County region right near me. But uh, we'll save that for another time. Uh, Pat, uh, aside from safety being your middle name, maybe you can tell us a bit more about uh, Tomar Safety Systems. And I also want to know what your favorite made in Ontario product is. Yeah, thank you for having me on here today, Phil. Uh, Based in Hawkesbury, Ontario, we've been in business for uh, over 30 years. We serve two primary markets, uh, first being military, secondary being aviation. Uh, Our products protect people and equipment, and you think of things like seatbelts, life rafts, uh, life jackets, containment systems, bags, covers, uh, you kind of name it. If it's made with a variety of fabrics or inflatable, then it's uh, something that's manufactured in our plant. So we're very fortunate, we're blessed to have a wide range of products. Uh, As far as my favorite product, I'm going to maybe pick two if I may. One would be the Telmar Hammerhead, which is a very specific life jacket used by special forces around the world, soon to be actually replaced, Phil, by the uh, Telmar Galeo, which is a smaller version, but uh, providing the same type of protection that special forces operators need around the world. Uh, The secondary one would be the Telmar Baby Bassinet, which is a a bassinet that holds a child up to 20 pounds. It attaches to the bulkhead of a multi-aisled aircraft and uh, helps parents uh, make long distance uh, flight and have an infant uh, sleeping there. So those would be my two favorite uh, Talmar products. Um, I think as far as Canadian products or Ontario products specifically, I think the iconic uh, de Havilland Dash 8 is something we all should be proud of. You know, it's really opened up uh, markets and created jobs and uh, an environment around the province that's supported by companies like ours. And I think I'd be remiss, maybe I'm sort of going into four products now here, Phil, so forgive me, but uh, a local product made here right in uh, Champlain Township is Bo's Tread, and it's a fantastic brewery, and it's one of my favorite products. So if you guys have put a plug-in for Ontario wine, I'm going to put a plug-in for Bo's Tread. <laughs> Fair enough. And, you know, I have a bit of a uh, inside track as uh, we spoke for Stuff Magazine. So I got to learn uh, a little bit about your uh, your company and uh, products made here in, in Hawkesbury in eastern Ontario and going literally around the world. So uh, so kudos to you. Thank you. And uh, Daniel, could you tell us a bit about the trades and manufacturing programs that uh, St. Lawrence College offers and which you are, of course, uh, dean uh, in charge of? And of course, I also want to know what your favorite made in Ontario product is. Yeah, sure, Phil. So at St. Lawrence College, uh, we have about 10 programs um, uh, in the Faculty of Applied Science, Technology and Trades that lead to jobs in manufacturing. And these programs are offered at both uh, the Kingston and Cornwall campuses. Some of these examples include uh, ten, uh, um, mechanical technician, uh, instrumentation control engineering technology, um, general machinist apprenticeship, welding and fabrication technician, um, the last one is offered at Cornwall, while the uh, other ones are uh, in Kingston campus. So there are other programs too that are not in my program portfolio, uh, such as supply chain management that's in business and that's you know has also a manufacturing logistics focus. Um, the, uh, the the changing landscape is quite evident in recent years, um, and I would say it's really um, dominated by the shortages in industry and really the vacancies um, in, in manufacturing that is outpacing the increase in enrollment in, in these uh, skill trace programs that I just mentioned. 
Um, I think year after year, we have more employers uh, reaching out to us to, to inquire um, about, uh, um, you know, our, our graduates, when they're graduating, um, essentially clamoring for, for our students um, and, and, and trying to get leads on how, you know, we can help them with um, their talent pipeline. We've actually realized some, some quite successful partnerships coming out of um, their needs and, and what we can um, uh, assist with. And you know, my, my favorite Ontario product, I, I have to say, um, actually there's two of them, I would say, uh, cars and, uh, and, and healthcare and, um, uh, and medical devices. So, uh, you know, I think the auto industry, um, as uh, JP mentioned, uh, is one of the cornerstones of uh, Ontario's economy. And, you know, sometimes it's not really associated with East Ontario, but what you have to realize is the, uh, the auto industry has, it, it has such a wide network of suppliers, right? You have kind of tier one, tier two, tier three, and so forth. And um, what we do have in uh, Eastern Ontario are, are some of the, uh, the tiers uh, that supply the OEMs. And uh, a good example, Napanee uh, has uh, Goodyear, um, it's a tire plant there that, and, and when we work very closely with them, uh, training their apprentices. Um, and then in Brockville, you have, uh, on the healthcare side, you have 3M that, um, I don't know if many people know about this, but, um, at the start of the pandemic, um, they were cranking out, uh, um, respirators, uh, uh N95, uh, masks. And, uh, and then there's also, uh, Trillium health products, um, in, uh, Brockville also, uh, making, uh, um, over-the-counter medication, right, to treat the symptoms. So um, big contributions with the products, uh, you know, that uh, is manufactured in East Ontario, and, and those are, most two are kind of my favorites. Yeah, and, and to your point, too, supply chains are, are complicated, right? Uh, you get into uh, uh, those professionals that need to manage moving the parts along and getting the products to the people. So it's, uh, it's more than just manufacturing. But um, I want to pick at a thread that you uh, started, you all started talking about, um, which was hiring, uh, because that is a big component of Stuff Magazine. So we'll start with you, JP. Um, your organization has some training programs, credits, um, a very interesting upcoming uh, international recruiting mission, might I add, uh, to help manufacturing employers who are hiring. Uh, could you tell us about the, the uptake and the demand you're seeing uh, for these programs from your membership? Absolutely, Phil. Uh, first, um, at EMC, we believe to go as, as early as possible to get uh, the new generation involved and engaged in manufacturing. Uh, that's been a priority, I would say, in the last two, three years, even before COVID, where we've seen labor shortages being number one issue, number one issue in manufacturing. And I could extend this to the entire economy of uh, of Canada. Uh, school to work transition is very much on our radar. We started uh, two years ago with uh, work integrated learning and trying to bring uh, students in a co-op fashion uh, in manufacturing and not just uh, large size manufacturers, uh, including and in, in targeting small and medium sized business. Um, so since uh, the last two years, we have placed more than 2000 uh, student just in, in Ontario, uh, that's represent, uh, more than $12 million of, uh, of investment. It's, these are wage subsidy that we, we provide. So this was, this was very brown, uh, groundbreaking for us in, in a sense that, uh, we say we can do much more obviously and get earlier, uh, the students involved. So we, 
did a, a pilot uh, last year with um, with school boards and, and, and targeting high schools uh, students as well as high school graduates. Um, there is hundreds of hundreds and now thousand in Eastern Ontario. That's hundred of uh, these uh, students that are involved in the high skill major program. Uh, so the transition for them. And they're all focusing on, on manufacturing it and the connectivity with the employers is not necessarily there. So so we we did that uh, that bridge uh, and, and the employer really showed up uh, to the party and and these pilots were very successful. So now we're uh, we're continuing on uh, on that road. And so to continue with uh, building more bridges, uh, making manufacturing on the radar. Uh, in Eastern Ontario, but also all across uh, the Ontario, doing this as well with uh, graduates uh, that are uh, that are finishing their program. Uh, we know, for instance, for example, like high school students, when they graduate, about 50 to they say 40 to 50 percent will go to the labor force, and the other 50 percent will continue to college and university. So we want to we want to make that connection to these graduates so they can they can get jobs that are full-time jobs with benefit and provide a, obviously a option for manufacturers and so we'll continue to do this in the in the coming years that's that's a that's not part of our even business plan to uh, to look at the future of manufacturing Mm -hmm. Maybe just switch gears a little bit and talk to an employer for a moment. Uh, Pat, when we spoke a few months back for the magazine, uh, you mentioned you'd be able to retain much of your staff through COVID. Um, I'd love you, if, love if you could uh, walk us through how things are looking today with global airline traffic recovering, everything getting a lot busier. Um, and what has that meant for your business and in, in keeping up with that volume? Yeah, so thank you. Big, great question, Phil. We've seen uh, the airline business obviously come uh, roaring back. Uh, we've started to fill orders for uh, training products. Uh, the baby bassinet, which I mentioned, is one of my favorite products. Uh, as families are starting to fly more, then there's demand for those products. And we're also seeing our military business uh, increase, you know, with the commitment that the NATO allies are making to things like uh, Arctic sovereignty and security in Europe. We're seeing demand for uh, current projects and, uh, and new projects coming on board. And, and we see that really driving demand in our business. So we feel that we need to add about 20% more employees over the next couple of years. And uh, as, as, as you've said, this is an issue that uh, presents itself for us. So we're working with uh, foreign recruiters. We're working with contact here in Hawkesbury to help us uh, find people that we're, are interested in emigrating to Canada. We're working actually with CFP Kingston and CFP Petawawa, and we're gonna be running a couple of job fairs coming up early in the new year to see if there's uh, members that are about to retire and that would have skills that would fit into our business, join our business. And of course, we're working with local high schools uh, and, and those 40 to 50% of kids that are coming into the workforce that JP mentioned, are they interested in joining Telmar? Uh, in fact, I was going to the parking lot yesterday and I was stopped by a, a young gentleman who's returning to the area, a local graduate, went to do construction in Atlantic Canada, wants to move back to Eastern Ontario, and was quite excited to hear about the career opportunities that we presented at Tomar. So I was glad to speak to this uh, young gentleman and uh, hopefully he joins our workforce and hopefully he brings his skill and enthusiasm to, uh, to the workplace. So uh, a lot of different ways that we're looking at recruiting uh, both locally, internationally, and then you know, tapping into a group of veterans across Eastern Ontario that, uh, that have the skill set and the expertise to support our business. Kicking it old school instead of uh, applying at the the online applicant tracking system, or whatever. It's uh, chasing down the CEO in the parking lot. Hey, I love, listen, it. I love I the hustle. Pretty, 
it was awesome. And in fact, he asked me what I did here. And I said, well, I'm one of the owners and I'm happy to be the CEO. And he did, didn't back down. So he asked me about our business, how I get in touch with me, asked me for a business card. Like that's the kind of moxie that I'm looking for, right? And I was really pleased to talk to this gentleman. Mm -hmm. um, Daniel, we've been hearing for years, you know, this mass exodus of uh, retirees in the trades and manufacturing. There's not enough young people entering. There's shortages. All you know, you, you alluded to some of those um, talking points earlier. Um, what sort of arguments have you seen that uh, work in convincing young learners to study in the trades, to to look at manufacturing? And is it training at this point that is the gap? We're not training enough, or is there also a retention issue once they reach industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Phil, I think um, it's less arguments and more show and tell. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think the tours will, will help uh, with the uh, young learners, getting young, young learners into the sector. Um, the tours, I think, help with breaking misconceptions and stigma, right? Like manufacturing is no longer dirty. It's no longer um, very manual. It actually uses a lot of technology. And manufacturing plants these days are clean. They're brightly lit. Um, they're safe and they're highly automated. And um, giving tours to to youth of uh, you know manufacturing facilities and the labs like at St. Lawrence College, where they do about all that tra training, which um, kind of reflects what uh, people see in industry. I think this really helps the public and prospective students like better understand what manufacturing is about nowadays. Um, you know, recruitment, I think, is still a challenge in, in the sector. I think, um, um, you know, you question to which is a, bitter, a bigger gap, is it retention or is it recruiting? I don't think retention is any worse than any, uh, any other sector or profession, uh, manufacturing versus any other sector. Um, recruitment, yeah, it, it suffers from some of the stigma, uh, but I think we're, we're moving the needle on that. Um, um, you know, from a public policy perspective, as well as outreach, right? colleges are doing more outreach. The government is um, uh, emphasizing the skilled trades as a career, um, more so these days than, than ever before. Um, so a lot of momentum. Um, but again, it's still um, the the fact that a lot of people are exiting because of, um, you know, the uh, um, you know, they're pro approaching retirement age, right? For example, like a welder in Canada um, the average age of a welding can is 59, right? Um, but what that really means is someone who's looking to enter the trade, um, there's a lot of opportunities. There's just shortages in everything. So like someone who is coming out of a program at St. Lawrence College, um, the two-year welding fabrication program, they have complete control over their careers. They, they can do just about anything they want to um, because there's just so many uh, areas they can, they can go into welding you know, whether it's healthcare uh, or aviation, they, they, they have different processes um, that they would be, you know, welding with. It's a little bit more TIG in, in both sectors, um, you know, and in, in other types of manufacturing, a little bit more MIG, but a lot of need for welders. And you're in the driver's seat of a career if, uh, if you uh, do a program uh, in welding at a college. So, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't think retention is an issue. Recruitment, we definitely work together with uh, uh, with industry, with employers to, to to draw more students, break some misconceptions and and uh, the stigma as well. Yeah, and, and I think to your point, if um, if they're well versed in what to expect, they tour the place, they see what the work is like, um, then there shouldn't be a retention issue. They they should look at it and kind of go, okay, this is exactly what I was expected. This is exactly what I was prepared for. So.
good to hear that. Um, I also want to take a look at onshoring uh, in our last section here and how we rebuild our manufacturing capacity here in Ontario um, and, and augment it, of course, because we've got some folks right here doing some of that work. Um, Pat, you mentioned some of the restrictions when we spoke for the stuff article um, that are on your supply chain because of sensitivities of clients such as the military. Um, would you say those constraints have actually been helpful in terms of building your business and the business of your suppliers here in Canada? Um, yes and no. So the, the, those, those constraints still provide issues for us as far as long lead times, right? So, you know, customers are in a need for something that may take me 40 weeks, weeks to get components. Um, it's very specific to products that we order and I'm limited in the fact that sometimes we only have one or two different suppliers that can produce that. So it doesn't create a lot of leverage for, for me as a, as, a, as a buyer, as a manufacturer. Um, we are seeing, um, you know, more protectionism in the United States, which is good and bad at times for us. And it, it sort of makes us wonder about how we can go to market in the United States. And we continue to see a, a little bit more awareness towards some products that are manufactured in Ontario. So, for example, we make an inflatable shelter and, uh, you know, we compete against a firm in Florida. And as soon as people find out, first responders, for example, find out that it's made in Ontario, they're, they're quick to discuss this with us. So we see that uh, definitely being an advantage. Uh, and even something as simple as this, when the pandemic hit, we, we pivoted and started to make face shields for medical uh, applications. And we continue to fulfill orders for medical face shields at uh, hospitals in Eastern Ontario. So where there was a shortage of medical grade vinyl in, in March of 2020, there was an abundance of aviation vinyl. So we've got a pretty heavy duty face shield that in fact becomes reusable and uh, continues to be used by hospitals in our area. So. So a little bit of both, Phil. It's, I see the good and the bad as far as, uh, as onshoring, nearshoring, and the challenges that remain in supply chain. Mm -hmm. uh, JP, I want to turn to you for a second and, uh, and to ask you a bit about um, the training that you folks offer that has seen the greatest demand. And if you've got some new offerings that are coming down the pipe uh, to respond to those demands. Absolutely. Uh, we're on a mission at, at EMC to establish uh, standards uh, and certification. There's there's very little certification in in manufacturing. It's a it's a fab, it, it's it's an industry where it's not regulated as as a job. So um, so that's that's there's there's a lot of opportunity with uh, with obviously partnership with colleges uh, as well. But what we're seeing is is a lot of uh, micro credential right now that are being produced where we're doing some on uh, and we call them their foundational. Uh, micro credentials. So this is for high school student as well as uh, college and university to give them the foundation to understand the, the sector and, and what are the skills that are required to function. Uh, we also uh, are deploying and actively and hundreds and hundreds are being certified production workers and and supervisors being certified on on micro manufacturing essential certification so these are are the skills that are required to function as a supervisor as a machine operator in in manufacturing and that include uh, foundational skills like problem solving uh, continuous improvement but but also the soft skills that we like to say the skills for success like collaboration adaptability creativity that are super important at all level from shop floor to the CEO level, uh, lean manufacturing is um, is obviously coming back with the with the conversation around adopting new technology, advanced manufacturing. So first thing you have to do is you have 
to be lean. You have to understand your own process uh, in order to uh, to welcome uh, automation, robotic, digitalization. So everything related to, and that requires also project management. We're seeing a lot of, of uh, interest and needs from industry. Uh, everything is being managed as a project uh, in a manufacturing plant. Big projects, small projects, you need the uh, project management skills. And, and really that that's uh, summarized, uh, but the type of things we're, we're also seeing a lot of, uh, and we're uh, developing programming on psychological health to help, uh, you're talking about retention earlier, uh, that's, that's an ongoing issue. So uh, for employer to better understand on how to deal with uh, diversity, with uh, mental health. Uh, that's that's another big stream of activity, and we're trying to uh, tackle this one with um, with training. And you mentioned earlier uh, immigration. For us, um, uh, if we're if we're going to tackle that labor uh, shortage in in Ontario, it's well documented. That's going to come from the youth, the the new generation, and the immigration. Uh, so providing uh, the tools for, uh, for firms to navigate to, uh, to the immigration from recruitment, selection of uh, new immigrant to, uh, to the, the process of immigration as well to the integration of these uh, new worker in the community that's uh, also on our radar. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that, uh, that last part too, because it's uh, not just about getting them here and, and getting a few months of work out while the uh, while well, their temporary foreign worker permit is is valid and such, it's uh, how do we convince them to stay and uh, and how do we make that uh, appealing to them? So glad you said that. Uh, and Daniel, uh, if we are going to try and onshore, then it follows that we need not just manufacturing doers but also leaders, uh, people ready to to take three D printing and you know turn a company uh, around using those kinds of technologies. So how is the curriculum at St Lawrence College uh, also preparing learners for jobs not just as doers, as I said, but company leaders and founders. Yeah, so Phil, I, I say that um, a post-secondary program um, at a college, especially St. Lawrence College um, in skill trades, really lays the groundwork uh, for future leaders and entrepreneurs. Um, so a two-year program, right, one of the programs that I mentioned um, earlier, um, it contains communication courses, right? That's that's mandatory. Um, and then most programs also offer a course called Topics in the Contemporary Workplace and covers off some of the skills that uh, JP uh, just mentioned, um, you know, that is uh, is built into some of his programs, and, um, you know, the soft skills like uh, communication, problem solving, um, you know, those are really sought after, um, you know, by industry, aside from the technical skills um, and, and it's uh, it's something that will lead to uh, eventual um, progress for the individual through their career. Um, but you know we do it within our program um, and you know, plant the seed and cultivate that um, that skill set um, at that point. Um, you know I would also say that what we're increasingly seeing is um, a, a more mature students, especially those with like even university backgrounds enter our trades programs and, and, and they're uniquely positioned too to, to be future leaders um, as well because they come with uh, life experience um, sometimes in another sector uh, unrelated sector entirely um, and um, and they're kind of you know launching themselves into um, a totally different career path um, so um, uh, not to say that you know our programs don't prepare our students 
who don't come with that background with with um, with, with such skills to succeed. Um, you know, our graduates are all well-rounded, I would say. So initially, they will make great team members and individual contributors, and then see them morph into a leader or supervisor, um, you know, further down um, the road in their careers. And and it is happening. I mean, we we see it on their LinkedIn profiles. I'm really proud of them, right, when we see them get promoted and, and so forth. Um, so, I, I mean, a college education is a great way to get into manufacturing and, and, and uh, you know, with uh, some perseverance afterwards, you find yourself uh, in a leadership position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had the privilege of uh, interviewing one of your Premier's Awards nominees uh, previously, uh, who, who started up a, a business manufacturing fishing lures um, in Kingston, too. So I know you've got the entrepreneurial uh, student supports and, and all that within the college uh, organization. I, I taught at St. Lawrence earlier this year, so <laughs> a bit of inside uh, baseball on some of that. But, uh, but uh, I know you guys are doing great work, so thank you for that. Um, any parting thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with about uh, manufacturing and uh, some of the stuff made and built in Eastern Ontario? Uh, JP, I'll pick on you first. Well, uh, it, it, it was mentioned earlier, uh, manufacturing is no, uh, no longer this uh, dark and, uh, and polluted and uh, it's high tech. It's high tech in nature. Uh, it's, it's a fun business to be in there's uh, there's all kinds of possibility and perspective from um, from a youth perspective in terms of moving into the sector and moving and to travel internationally we talked about most of these these manufacturers and i think it's at the at the percentage of 80 percent they sell internationally so uh, so this is a very dynamic uh, business uh, to be in and and that's what we need to do and to say and to talk more about uh, with the parents, with uh, with the school, uh, at all level, with um, counselors and uh, and everybody that is surrounding the manufacturing ecosystem. So I salute uh, what you're doing there with uh, with your podcast. Uh, we need to get that uh, word out more and more. Awesome. Well, I, I hope you uh, share your copies of stuff uh, far and wide when they uh, come in as well. Uh, Pat, any closing thoughts before we wrap up today? Yeah, I just also just would echo uh, not only the points that JP and Daniel made, but just what a wonderful place Eastern Ontario is to do business. So we've attracted some very skilled engineers, for example, from Southern Ontario that have decided to relocate to this area for lifestyle. Uh, you know, it's a five minute commute instead of a one hour commute. They're not fighting on the 407 or the 401. And they've got access to uh, wonderful, wonderful natural resources and still have proximity to places like Montreal, uh, Ottawa, and even uh, the United States. So I think, you know, manufacturing is a wonderful place to work. And I think Eastern Ontario hosting these kinds of fantastic businesses is just terrific. So I put a plug in for our region as well, Phil. Absolutely. Sounds good. And uh, Daniel, you, you folks must have uh, you know, open houses and uh, all that other the college information tour, I think, just wrapped up. But uh, anything uh, people should know if they're considering uh, increasing their trades or manufacturing knowledge with St. Lawrence this fall or winter? Uh, it's great that you brought up open houses, Phil. We have our Kingston open house this Saturday, and that's uh, November 19th from 9 until 12 this Saturday. So okay. uh, yeah, as I mentioned, um, uh, let, let's try to break the stigma and uh, misconceptions. Let's bring the public into um, our shops and our, our labs so they can see that like manufacturing has really evolved. It's really high tech. It's mechanized. It's, it's automated. Um, and 
and uh, and, that, and that's how we really move the needle on um, you know attracting more people into this business. Um, and Eastern Ontario is a place to do it. I mean, we are blessed with um, uh, you know logistics uh, capability, whether it's the uh, the 401 or St. Lawrence Seaway, um, and uh, I guess a lot of uh, um, a lot of advantages. Um, you know, when it comes to access to training, St. Lawrence College, uh, you know, is, uh, has presence in Kingston, Cornwall, and, and Brockville. So uh, we're, we're, we're very well situated to grow manufacturing. Awesome. And, uh, you know, since no one asked, I'll, I'll share my favorite Made in Ontario product, a uh, very seasonal uh, uh, treat for myself, which is a Reed's Dairy Eggnog, which I just picked up uh, the other day. It's uh, Belleville. So speaking of the, you know, along the 401 kind of corridor. So uh, lots to celebrate, lots to enjoy this fall. Uh, and if you're looking for more uh, ideas of Made in Ontario products to enjoy, check out stuffmadeandbuilt.ca or this year's edition of Stuff Magazine. Uh, JP, Pat, Daniel, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Thank you very much. Much. Our thanks to JP Giroux from the Excellence in Manufacturing Consortium, Pat Tallon of Tolmar Safety Systems, and Daniel Liao with St. Lawrence College for the great discussion today. Remember to check out stuffmadeandbuilt.ca, watch for this year's edition of the magazine. Leave a comment, let us know what you learned about manufacturing or what your favorite local product is uh, once you check out the magazine, of course. The EOBJ podcast is made possible by these sponsors. The City of Cornwall. The County of Leeds-Grenville. County of Renfrew. Join us again in December, where we'll be discussing tourism. How are the tourism players in Eastern Ontario recovering? And how well prepared are they for the cold and quiet winter months? And as always, for important business news affecting Eastern Ontario, visit obj.ca. Until next time, I'm Phil Godreau. Thanks for joining us.